the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Coming up in this week's show, we've got a review of the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector, which includes news from BMW, Branson and a huge investment from Ibstock. We also welcome another special guest in Oliver North, the CEO of Yorkshire-based Venari Group. I'm your host, Joe Reynolds, and I'm joined by my co-host, Stuart. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Joe. Some fantastic news to report this week, so looking forward to it. Yeah, let's get straight on with the show. St. Gabain, they've invested a huge amount of money in their Yorkshire facility. And when we talk about investments, quite often they can be months or even years away. But this investment is due to be complete very soon. Absolutely. Paris headquarters firm is investing £32 million in its glass factory in Eggbrook, Yorkshire, that will help secure Britain's long-term quality glass supply. And this is actual, actually the largest industrial investment in the UK by the French-owned firm since 2000. The complex engineering construction program will see the complete rebuild and installation of the state-of-the-art float glass furnace, which will replace an existing one, which has reached the end of its design life. And as you say, due to be completed by late summer, the investment program also includes upgrades to other areas of the Yorkshire-based factory. Yeah, it's a good start to the show. But moving on, Lotus, you know, we alluded to it last week. There's some news from Lotus that just broke. But if you go to their website, they've got, I don't know how many jobs, pages and pages and pages of jobs. So if you are in the area that the various um, factories for Lotus, do, do take a look. There's some pretty much a job there for everyone within the manufacturing sector. But yeah, they've announced, announced something pretty special this week. Absolutely. There's been a spate of positive news from Lotus over the last 6, 12 months. And this week, they've committed to building electric sports cars in the UK creating hundreds of new jobs, as you as you mentioned, as part of a £2.5 billion investment programme that will lead to a tenfold rise in production. The British market expects sales of tens of thousands of cars a year by the middle of the decade, compared with just 1,378 last year. The Norfolk-based firm is creating hundreds of jobs as it gears up to begin production of its latest model, the Lotus Amira, formerly known as Type 131. The Amira will be officially unveiled on July the 6th before making its public debut at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah, exciting times. But the next uh, news story, Pfizer. Uh, if you go back two years before the pandemic, they were they were best known probably for their Viagra drug. But, it, but it's fair to say with coronavirus, they're probably better known for the vaccine now. Yeah, I think you're possibly sharing too much information there, Joe, but yeah, good, good knowledge. Um, so American pharmaceutical giant Pfizer is investing £10 million in, in advanced manufacturing technology at site in Kent. And this will considerably speed up the development of new breakthrough medicines. The pandemic has highlighted the need to create new vaccines and medicines at pace and scale. And chief among these is how to scale up production as new treatment to progress through the clinical trial process and on to commercial supplies. This investment at the site will help facilitate this improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the government, they're going to be announcing something fairly soon on basically other vaccines and R&D within this sector. So there's going to be a lot of dare I say it, stiff composition between Pfizer, AstraZeneca and a few others, but it can only be a good thing for the UK. Absolutely. The Vaccine Manufacturing Innovation Centre in Oxfordshire is due to come on, on stream. Well over £100 million has been invested in that. So, yeah, there has been 
critics of the government, you know, during the pandemic. Pandemic, but uh, I don't think anybody can question the, the vaccine rollout, which has been regarded as a huge success. We'll come back to the news in a minute. I'd like to, at this stage, bring in this week's guest. Oliver North is the CEO of Yorkshire-based Fenari Group, the UK's leading emergency vehicle manufacturer. Oliver, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. How are you doing, Joe? Great to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Now, just can you just tell our audience who's Oliver North and who are Fenari Group? Uh, well, Venari Group uh, was formed in 2019 as, as the catalyst to, to acquire uh, Britain's oldest and, and largest ambulance manufacturer, a company called ONH Vehicle Technology in, in Goole in the East Riding of Yorkshire. Um, Venari Group, we have a headquarters in, in Brighouse, um, and we have so over the, over the group and over the two facilities, we've got two 60,000 square foot facilities. Uh, which makes 120,000 square feet of lovely uh, British manufacturing space. Sure. And if you can just tell us about some of your recent investments, all the new jobs, et cetera. Yeah, sure. We um, uh, obviously started in 2019. Uh, I'd initially gone into ONH Vehicle Technology as, as a turnaround managing director. Um, and halfway through the turnaround uh, role, I'd say, I... Um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd left a big, very cushy position um, as as part of a uh, an Austrian headquarters uh, vehicle manufacturer uh, as part in a similar arena. Really. So, uh, so going into a very broken British manufacturer with a very militant workforce throughout and a bit of a poor culture, it was uh, it was a bit of a culture shock to me. But but you know, at the same time, you know, when when you see it taken. Uh, making the turnaround and taking big steps forward, it was, um, you know, I became so attached to it that um, I, uh, I reformed my old partnership with uh, Ken Davy, my business partner, and, and we made the acquisition uh, in the summer of the same year. So, so then, obviously, then we, we set up a new headquarters in, in Brighouse and right at the start of the pandemic, just perfect timing. And then, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, we had to get to work you know, irrelevant of, of what was happening. So uh, because the supply chain was obviously uh, struggling uh, and parts from overseas were uh, were more of a challenge, um, you know, it almost forced our hand really into, into insulting more. Um, we procured more machinery. We became more self-sufficient. Um, so I suppose you could, you could say in a roundabout way that, you know, the, the pandemic really forced us into increasing our capability as a, as a manufacturer. So, and it's not stopped there. We're going to continue uh, with the, the procurement of more machines, uh, a few more laser cutters, um, and more CNC routers, and and invariably and inevitably more more employees on the shop floor, which is which is a good thing. Sounds fantastic, Oliver. And um, I know we've covered quite a number of your recent successes on MTD and Jefferson, leading the contract with Ford, the Project Siren. If you can tell us more about that project, and also, I know that you and and Ford have pivoted production to help with the pandemic. If you could just please um, elaborate. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, again, going back to the pandemic, it's you know, it was, you know, when it first came, you know, there was there was a big tidal wave of, of fear coming over the manufacturing sector. But I think more than anything else, it's it's highlighted, you know, it's absolutely put British manufacturing under the microscope, as in. Um, you know, we manufacture 
you know, for the sake of saving lives. And, and you know, in parallel with, with Ford <clears throat> leading the ventilator challenge, uh, we, we were involved heavily in, in rolling out COVID test centers throughout the country. So, um, you know, going, going back to the Ford thing as in, um, and, and now being after emerging, uh, in Ford and Britain for the last, uh, 10 months, it's, you know, that was probably, uh, one of the most inspiring projects I've ever seen, uh, play out as in, um, I think it was 12,000 ventilators they, en- they ended up scaling up to. And, and it was, it was almost superhuman, you know, as in, but I think it, it really did shine a light on the, significance and importance of UK manufacturing more than ever, as in, you know, manufacturing to save lives, you know, and the borders were closed. So, you know, we had to be self-sufficient as a country, you know, and, and, uh, and we, we need companies like that. So I think, you know, once they saw the, uh, the fact that they could genuinely save lives with, uh, with their engineering skill sets, they, they maintained that and, and they approached us and, and we, uh, we played out a really successful uh, and equally inspiring project with with Project Siren, where uh, we've designed and engineered and now releasing for serial production uh, the world's most state state of the art ambulance, uh, which uh, which will be on the, the streets of the UK uh, from the summer of this year. They're fantastic. Look forward to seeing that. And um, and just touching upon borders and so forth. I know we we've spoken about it in in the past. Um, Government procurement policy, specifically, specifically legacy EU regulation, adherence, and so, so on and so forth. You, you've explained something to me that I didn't know. Can you just please um, tell our listeners about um, what is actually happening, which may surprise them as well? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> look, as we all know, uh, you know the uh, the exponential um, benefits to the UK economy of, of manufacturing in the UK. Um, you know, I read the. Uh, you know, because I'm, I'm such a an interesting guy, I've read the the 2008 uh, 2015 report actually into, into UK manufacturing uh, by um, uh, prepared by CBA, I think it was, and the um, you know the, the the revenue generation of two pounds forty five for every pound spent with a UK manufacturer such as ourselves with with, with a similar SIC code, the um, if you look at the ambulance market, you know, you, you see a tiny, tiny cottage industry. Um, and, you know, over the next uh, five years, NHS England require 3,000 ambulances, as an example. Uh, an average cost of about £70,000 per, per ambulance. If you take that £210 million pounds and, and multiply it by, by the £2.45 per pound spent, that's well over half a billion in revenue generation. For, for our economy. But then when you consider the NHS is obviously then funded by the UK economy, um, it's just actually a beautiful cycle. There's no interpretation other than that. So I think it, it kind of underlines the, the, the critical nature, the importance and the significance of, of buying uh, UK manufactured products in that sphere alone. But when you say that that's a tiny cottage industry and then you think about all the other industries, um, it's it really does kind of just highlight the significance of UK manufacturing. But no, going back to the procurement, as in, you know, I know uh, obviously now that we're, we're no longer part of the EU, um, UK public sectors still need to procure according uh, to uh, EU procurement law. And uh, 
you know, that nothing's changed in that respect. EU procurement law is still uh, the law that they need to, to buy under, uh, which means that if, if we as a Yorkshire-based company are supplying a Yorkshire ambulance service, for example, then uh, someone in, in Germ- a German company manufacturing in Poland uh, is just as um, just as you know, it's it's a, they've got just as much the the playing surface that we have. You know, it, there's no additional points scored in tenders for being down the road and, and employing local people who are paying into the pot that's funding them. So well, I understand you know, that, that that isn't reciprocated, though, Oliver, is it? So the the UK no. is adhering to these legacy regulations, but countries in the EU aren't. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, as in, you know, we are now recognised as, uh, you know, in in the EU as, as as not being an EU member state, of course, whereas um, our public sector is still procuring according to EU procurement laws. In, you know, if that was to change tomorrow, then then obviously it's a different case. However, as we stand as of today, that that's still the case. And from my perspective, you know, it's you know, it's it's hardly even a minefield. It's a you can copy and paste the EU procurement law across to UK procurement law, let's say, and, and then make some, you know, make it uh, able to score local suppliers uh, higher on certain things. But um, at the minute, that's very much not the case. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Obviously, it's not all about price, is it? It's about supply chain being local, you know, and, yeah. and all, yeah. j- just in time delivery, things like this. And it, it's, yeah. it, you know, not saying we, we can't buy it. We should buy everything from the UK, but so, surely the UK should be first. Your first port of call should be here. Yeah, without a doubt. I always say, I think if something can be manufactured in the UK as well as it can be manufactured um, in the EU, for example, then then the benefit of the doubt should be given to the UK. As in, you know, if we've got the exact same skill sets, same competencies uh, and same capacity, then, you know, it, the UK manufacturer in that case should get the benefit of the doubt. As in, let's say that, an, you know, if an ambulance was £100 uh, cheaper from a German uh, manufacturer, for example, or even a thousand pounds cheaper from a German manufacturer, the the actual revenue generation from the UK far exceeds it completely eclipses any financial benefit to the NHS <laughs> that 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 hundred or thousand pounds does. You know, so it's it needs looking at in its in its rawest form, not just on the face of it and and you know on one sheet of paper on a quotation. It, that's not the <laughs> it's not realistic and it's not right. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we concur on this podcast. But in terms of future plans, pending contracts, is there anything you can tell us? Any new markets, opportunities within the business? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we uh, we you know irrelevant of any kind of economic uh, landscape or or any of the rest of it. As in, uh, I think it's it's really given those manufacturers. Uh, with the appetite and the desire to go in and be better, um, you know, as in when we talk about EU procurement law and all the rest of it, I'm not one to um, sit here with any sense of entitlement. As in, I think having a sense of entitlement is the first thing that will kill any manufacturer anyway. So, um, you know, as long as we develop something that is head and shoulders above the competition, uh, such as projects, Iron, we've got another uh, few exciting projects coming through with Ford uh, on electrification. Uh, so emergency vehicle electrification through uh, through ambulance, fire, uh, mountain rescue, um, and um, 
and we've got some really exciting um, increases in manufacturing. Uh, I think that's the only thing I can say at the minute. But um, our immersion with Ford and Ford's appetite to to keep saving lives as they, as they have done through the pandemic with with ventilator, um, I think it's something that you know it's kind of shone a spotlight on the on the importance and the significance of of being you know bringing the the absolute ethics into manufacturing and where possible if you can save lives with it then uh, then we should do so um so yeah it's um it's an exciting uh couple of years coming up for us that's for sure yeah well congratulations on your journey so far it's uh, it's still a young company thanks for your efforts during the pandemic and also thanks for joining us on the podcast i know you're a busy guy Thank you, Joe and Stu. I really appreciate it. Good to catch up with you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you. Stu, fascinating interview there with Oliver. Yeah, his passion is absolutely infectious, isn't it? He absolutely loves British manufacturing. The Siren Project with Ford is remarkable. Great endorsement of British manufacturing. Looking forward to hearing more success stories from that part of the world over the next um, few podcasts. Indeed. So many thanks to Oliver for joining the show. And if you want to be a guest on the show, please send us an email to podcast at mtdmfg.com. And don't forget to download the MTD MFG app from the, your usual app store, whether you're Android or Apple. So Stuart, getting back on with the news, we've got a company here. It's, it's building on a strong reputation, uh, Ibstock, building a, a new factory. Yeah, Ibstock, the UK's largest brick maker with... Um... 21 brickworks across the country is increasing capacity to meet unprecedented demand primarily from house builders expansion plans were first unveiled in early 2020 but they were put on hold due to the pandemic improved trading conditions have seen the plan revived and upgraded their existing atlas site in warsaw will be replaced with a y-cut clay brick factory and the adjacent aldridge brick factory will also be upgraded as part of the 60 million pound investment and these redeveloped facilities would deliver annual capacity of 115 million bricks, a net increase in current capacity of 75 million bricks. So plenty of houses uh, to be built from that, Joe. Yeah, you can continue to add to your portfolio, Stuart. Absolutely. You know, I need a second up occupation, Joe. Manufacturing is not for me. <laughs> uh, BMW, 20 years of the modern mini production. So my sister had one of the first, <laughs> literally in the first 100 cars off that, and I cannot believe it's 20 years old. I must have been like two. Well, remember, you know, as a toddler. Uh, but when we put this on social media, people were saying exactly the same thing. They couldn't believe it was 20 years ago. So BMW Group's UK manufacturing plants in Oxford and Swindon, celebrating 20 years of modern mini production, as they call it. The plant, the plants employ over 4,500 people, including 130 apprentices, who all keep production moving to build 1,000 cars a day, one every 67 seconds. So quite an achievement. Yeah, and a very popular plant, a very popular car. Absolutely, it's, ne- it's never lost its uh, its appeal, has it? You know, since the sixties, it's uh, stood the test of time since the Great Escape. Yeah, I remember it well. So the next one, work started on a new factory for the Branson site in Lincolnshire. This is a, a good news story, and maybe one people may not be familiar with. Absolutely, we're, we're going from cars to potatoes, Joe, on this one. So uh, we serve a, a, a wide church on this uh, on this podcast. Six million pound facility will be used to extract high grade plant protein from potatoes at Bramston's site in Lincolnshire. Bramston is working alongside Beehive Innovations as part of a project to improve potato crop utilisation. 
the commercial factory is the first of its kind in the UK and we'll see the introduction of new technologies and capabilities to meet the growing demand for UK-grown plant-based ingredients. And like you've just alluded to, we do report on a, a wide array of manufacturing stories on the show. We've just this show alone, we've had, you know, emergency vehicles, Volvo, Ibstock Bricks, BMWs, cars, and that previous story. So it's no surprise, really, that British manufacturers have recorded their sharpest rise in optimism since 1973. Yeah, the, the findings from the latest CBI quarterly trend survey being published. British manufacturers, as you say, reported the sharpest rise in optimism since the early 70s, with investment intentions at the strongest for almost 25 years. The number of people employed in the sector sector soar, with hiring expectations at a 47-year high. Total new orders in the quarter to April grew at the quickest pace for two years. Domestic orders expanded at the fastest rate since 2019. Manufacturers also expect total new orders growth to accelerate next quarter. Let's hope it happens. On a similar vein, hot off the press, the SMMT, and you know, good news on car production. Absolutely. Um, this has just been announced over the last few minutes, really. UK car production rose by 46.6% in March, first increase in 18 months. 115,498 cars were built last month, compared to just over 78,000 in March 2020, when obviously the pandemic caused all UK automotive plants to be shuttered. And this this information is from the trade body SMMT. Good news, but we do need to bear in mind that this week some car makers have announced temporary shutdowns due to the global semiconductor shortage, which is affecting the automotive industry and plenty of others besides. Yeah, and it is worth pointing out, I'm sure we'll see bad press on, on vehicle numbers next month. But it is, you know, orders are stacking up, so they, they, you know, they will catch up these manufacturers. So it's uh, more good news. Yeah, the people I'm, I'm speaking to, I'm sure it's the same with you, Joe. There is pent up demand. The car dealerships are back open, so hopefully, people in the main have got some kind of savings as well. So I'm sure once people have sorted out the holiday arrangements, which I'm sure will be uh, top of the list, hopefully they'll go out and buy a new British-made car. I'm sure they will. Stuart, thank you for your time on the podcast this week. It's been another good one, hasn't it? It certainly has. As I say, we've covered a diverse range of topics there. If you would like to be involved, we'd love to hear from SMEs. We'd love to hear from companies that are investing, new facilities, new factories, export orders, anything at all. Please, we'd love you to be a guest. Please email podcast at mtdmfg.com. Any feedback, any stories, you'd like to be a guest, you know where we are. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. And big thanks to you, Stuart. Big thanks to Oliver North. But the biggest thanks, as always, goes to you at home for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.